Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. Richie, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, we have a practice report from football, uh, some standouts we'll discuss. Uh, the basketball team is winding down its international trip. We got to view an entire game from their, their trip over there against the some Portuguese team. I don't know the name of them, but... Um, and we have some, some recruiting stuff. Uh, Dylan and Ace are playing at an event together again this weekend, this time at Rucker Park in New York City. And we got some voicemails. Uh, we Ooh, talked about setting up a voicemail line. We put it on the boards first. We will link that in the uh, notes for this podcast. If anybody would like to leave a voicemail moving forward. Uh, but we got three voicemails on our first uh, little voicemail session. Well, let's start with football. Uh, football had practice yesterday. They had a scrimmage this past weekend. Obviously, we already talked about that. They have their, their second. Is, there, is this their last scrimmage of camp this weekend yes so this is their last okay. scrimmage um i was gonna ask Gianno about this too because i, I watched the pj fleck press conference the other day and basically mm-hmm. what he told the media is like he treats next week as if it's a bye week to kind of like just get your team together still you're still gonna run stuff like you're gonna prepare for northwestern there's no question about it yeah but he they treat like next week as a bye week so i'm assuming he probably got that from shiano i'm gonna find out tomorrow when when we talk to greg um and just just kind of pick his brain a little bit and just see how how they deal with that stuff um because like you can't just not prep for northwestern two weeks in advance but i mean you definitely can too so um but yeah tomorrow's going to be their last and final scrimmage i think it's going to go a little bit harder than the the previous scrimmage the previous scrimmage um some of the top names were held held out a bit because you you know just don't want to risk them god forbid you yeah. <laughs> suffer an injury in a scrimmage and it's just like oh shit here we go all over again like last year where you had mm-hmm. there was at one point i think they had 66 67 scholarship healthy bodies you're supposed to have 85 <laughs> and it's like that's crazy yeah so it goes to show you how much injuries definitely hurt them a little bit last year um but yeah, no, I mean, uh, I think um, I'm pretty excited to see what happens in this scrimmage. I will be there for everyone that wants to be annoying as hell and like <laughs> post and be like, this media member was here. This media member wasn't here. Like, I, I don't know what goes on in the other media members daily lives or what goes on. Maybe they had a family issue, maybe something else. I'm not going to go around posting if they're there or not. I don't give a shit either. Neither, nor is it my business. But besides the point, um, yeah, scrimmage on Saturday. It's going to be um, the last and final one. And we get to see uh, basically um, – how Kevin Wimps has going to be this season. I know it's tough to say how truthfully he's going to be because it's a scrimmage. You're not really mm-hmm. you're not number one. You're not touching the quarterback. Yeah. Um, number two, like he doesn't really tuck and run much in scrimmages because it's, it's a, it's a scrimmage. Again, you don't want to suffer an injury and that that's your QB one. So you, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to gauge on how good he is until really kickoff. That's really the best way to tell. Um, we'll post as much as we can. Um, when we can from the scrimmage, it's mostly going to be whatever Greg says post scrimmage, but, um, yeah, some of the, some other sites like NJ.com posted something with Ian strong. And I, I think it's fair, fair game. Now he, he's standing out pretty, pretty well among that, uh, entire freshman wide receiver group, which they brought in seven freshman wide receivers, two transfers, 
I think it's no secret that they definitely needed help there. And I think it's fair to say that he's, he's been standing out quite a bit. And I said this before, I, I pushed for his ranking to be boosted. I didn't mm-hmm. want him to be a two-star when it was all said and done. I said at least a 5.5, and it didn't end up happening. It is what it is. But do not believe me when you see his ranking and when you see his production. <laughs> yeah. It was not my fault. Um, yeah, that's all, I, that's all I really got, I guess, for a moment. So I knew Ian Strong was probably somebody that was a little bit more freaky or or, or better than Rutgers even anticipated because I believe he was announced on signing day as a tight end, correct? Uh, and then I don't know. I thought he was announced as a safety, actually. He might have been. I, I just know he was not announced as a receiver. And then almost immediately, within like the first week of spring, he was switched mm-hmm. to receiver. And that only happens if they're like, holy shit, this kid's way faster than we yeah. thought. Or, you know, way, way more this than we thought. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm just yeah, uh, he, I'm trying to find what was he I think yeah. he was announced as a safety because it's popping up here as safety too, but I'm not entirely sure here. Uh, regardless, I mean, he's he's going to play significant snaps this season. I know everyone's been asking about the rest of the freshman crew. I have a hard time seeing most, if not, I, I would say most of them, actually, like almost all of them seeing the field this year. It's just not likely for a freshman to see the field at just about any position. It's not just offensive yeah, he- line. Like offensive line might take an extra couple years, but um, – yeah, I he was announced as a DB, by the way. This yep. is a safety, yep. just a DB. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, most freshmen aren't going to play. Like, there's seven freshman wide receivers. Number one, seven wide receivers aren't playing. Um, yep. Number two, I'd be shocked if almost any of the other ones play. I think he's probably the best bet, if we had to guess. But uh, yeah, I think Ian Strong's going to make a name for himself this season and uh, going forward on the banks. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Uh, I, I It's just... There's something about just the whole like intrigue and mystery of camp. And then you get to see everything on the first day and it's like, Oh shit, this person's starting. I haven't, I for you know, I forgot he was on even on the team. Cause he, you know, he's hasn't really been talked about. Um, so I'm, I'm just excited for the season to start at this point. Like I know we got one more scrimmage and I know camps, you know, going to break next week at some point, I believe. And then game prep will start, but yeah. Yeah. He uh, ironically got listed 6'4", 190. And then you go to the roster, he's 6'3", 210. So <laughs> I don't know what to believe, <laughs> but he's definitely one of the taller guys out there. That wide receiver room is just insanely tall now. Um, you added Davon Fuse, who's 6'3", 6'4". Vlay Nakun Jr. is 6'1", 6'2". DeAndre Johnson just stands out because he's 6'8". Um, That's wild. Jesse O'Fury is pretty tall. Um, Isaiah Washington was already there, but he's pretty tall. And I see Brantley's pretty tall. Jaquay Jackson has decent size. Um, that wide receiver room looks like a completely different unit from last year um, just because of the height alone. <laughs> like, And it's similar in trenches. They look completely different because it's like, oh, there's there's freshmen out there. Like I look at, like, who the hell is 74? That guy's huge. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's Dominic Rivera. That kid's a freshman? Like, damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Moselle Williams, like six six, like three hundred something. These guys are just hmm. massive. Yeah, and it's it's nice to see. Yeah, a lot of big boys. Let me throw an over under at you. Over under five and a half. True freshmen who burn their red shirts this year. I uh, see now. You now you got me stumped a little bit because I got to go back to the commitment list and see what it looks like. <laughs> um, what was it? You said five and a half. Over under five and a half. That burn their red shirts. That burn their red shirts this year. Yep. 
That's tough because Greg loves to use them on special teams and burn the red yep. shirt on special teams. Um, yep. Talking, uh, who was it last year? Jabome? Jabome? Yeah, but at who, least he played all 12 games. If you're going to do it, yeah. just play him the whole time. Which, crazy enough, like with Moses Walker back and the linebacker unit healthy, I, maybe red shirts in year two. Which is, yeah, yeah. Which is possible. <clears throat> but uh, I'll probably say I'm going to go with under. Just because I'm looking, most of them are offensive linemen and wide receivers. I think there's more wide rec- uh, Well, Jake Eldridge is probably number one. There's a long snapper for you. Yep. Um, and then I just said Ian Strong, two. The rest is where it gets – I'm going to go under just because it seems like a lot of these guys are still still learning for the most part and still kind of developing. I don't know if any offensive linemen – I'd be shocked if any offensive linemen actually burned their shirts. Defensive linemen is probably in the same category just because there's there's just so many – good defensive lineman ahead of them. Like yeah, telling you, yep. that defensive unit's phenomenal. Uh defensive back, I think technically there's only one D B in this class because uh Ian Strong moved over. Davon Fuse technically came in as a linebacker, but is over on the offensive side already. Um Logan Blake's behind people because of tight end. Yeah, I'd probably say under. I'm gonna go under. I think that's a safe one. Uh, Sage, Sage Colleges, by the way, is a DB too, I forgot about, but also behind people. Gotcha. But, yeah, definitely going to go under there. Which is good. You never want to have to start a ton of freshmen, especially in year four of a, a coach's regime. Oh, yeah, uh, You would hope that uh, you don't need that many young guys to play in the Big Ten. Yeah, um, that's true. That's a, that's a tough one. But, yeah, no, I, I definitely say under. I think that's perfectly fair, too. Um, but, yeah, I think one of them might make some serious noise, and I think that's Ian Strong. Um, you got anything else football related uh, before we transition to basketball? Um, position rankings came out yesterday, and I think um, state rankings come out later today. Um, that's kind of what I'm. If you haven't seen the war room's not out yet, it's going to be out as soon as the uh, state rankings come out, which should be around like eleven or twelve. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I think we're just excited to see what the scrimmage brings tomorrow, and uh. We'll go from there. Um, but like I said, you don't expect a super in-depth report because there's only so much we can say. <laughs> yep. All right, let's talk uh, basketball. So obviously the team has been on a, an international trip for the last week and a half. They're closing in on the completion of that trip. Um, we were kind of getting little clips and pictures of what was going on and the games that they were playing. But the, the club team did a live stream of the entire game. If you haven't seen it, we have a link to it on the board and we have a link to it in the article you wrote up on. Yeah. Uh, NJ.com had found it first. So kudos to them. Um, But that was basically an entire game. It was a little bit different rules. So they played by the FIBA rules, which if you're not familiar with FIBA rules, they're, they're just slightly different. Like goaltending is a little different There's a 24 second shot clock versus a 30 second shot clock in college. Uh, Three point arcs a little further away. And there's some other smaller rules, but basically they had to play a little faster because FIBA rules are a little faster. Um, yeah. But I was really impressed. They Offensively, they look completely different than they did last year in terms of just philosophy. Yeah. Like they were pushing the tempo a lot. They were shooting a ton of threes, and that was something that was reported out of the first scrimmage as well. What were some of the, the big things that you saw that really intrigued you from the scrimmage? I, I think the starting lineup in the rotation itself kind of really caught my eye just because I was like, I looked at it at first and I was like, I wasn't even going to write anything. Cause I was like, all right, mm-hmm. everyone else wrote something already. And I was like, you know what? I just watched this whole thing. There's, there's a couple things I can write about. 
Yeah. So I wrote it up. It was like the starting lineup was Fernandez, Fernandez, um, Griffiths, Hyatt, Wolfolk, and Amori. And I was like, wait. I went back. I was like, is that definitely Wolfolk? Because it's one single camera from like the top of yeah. the bleachers. And I'm like, this is number one fucking miserable to watch from that mm-hmm. angle. Yep. Um, so welcome to uh, – I just want to welcome everyone to our press angle at the rack. That's basically <laughs> what it is. It's a little bit closer, but it's not like much of a difference. Um, but yeah, so – it was just a shock to see Wolfolk out there next to starting in the front court next to Omori, just because mm-hmm. they're you know Wolfolk basically played mostly, if not all five last season, if I recall. Yep. Um, I can't remember out of conference play, but definitely in conference play, because uh, he did replace Reber's role kind of as that backup five. But uh, I mean, if you can get both of them in at the same time, and like Wolfolk attempted a three at one point, and if he can hit threes, then it's like all right, now you have a totally different looking front court. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I do think this is more of Pike just experimenting a little bit too because it does sound like Ogbo is going to be out until December at least, if not later. Yep. Um, so he, the Wolfolk is your main backup five. You really don't have another backup five. Although then you see Antonio Cho play the five, and I'm like, uh, Pike? Small ball? Pike mm-hmm. small ball? It's <laughs> not really yeah. small ball when the kid's like 6'9", six, 6'10", six, like 240, but <laughs> – it kind of is like Joel's meant to be a forward. He's, he's kind of a, he's not really a true center. And it's like, all right, cool. Like Pico small ball. I'm all about it. Um, and then Andre Hyatt playing the three makes sense. Um, I guess you kind of just mix and match bodies just until you can get mag back. Like Palmquist came in as the first guy off the bench. Joel was in for Amori right after that. Um, and then they, he was also running lineups with Simpson and, Michael Davis out there at the same time and I'm like okay well that makes sense I guess you can kind of they're both quick as hell like it's a kind of an interesting duo in the front uh, in the backcourt and that was replacing Fernandes and Griffiths who mainly is playing the two guard it seems like for for Rutgers and I also think he's playing he's he's tinkering with what he has right now and obviously at some point in the season you're going to lose a guy for a game or two hopefully you don't lose another guy for the whole season but Currently, in terms of who played, Austin Williams didn't play, which is expected. The guy's coming yeah. off of a knee injury. He just literally signed on with the team like days before the trip. Yeah. Watt Mag wasn't playing, which is expected. He's still coming back from the ACL. Jeremiah Williams isn't playing. He's recovering from the Achilles. Antoine, or sorry, uh, Emmanuel Agbol isn't playing, coming off the knee. So, I mean, you're you're missing what you're. Probably your primary backup big man. You're probably missing your starting power forward in Watt Mag, and you're probably missing your sixth man in Austin Williams. Yeah. So he's just kind of – he's only got probably eight scholarship guys on this trip. So you kind of got to make do with what you have. Or maybe nine, sorry. Yeah, one, two, three. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, six, seven, eight, yeah, he's nine, got nine, 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 yeah. nine scholarship players. So he's just mixing and matching. I wouldn't take these rotations as something that might happen during the season. I mean, having Cliff and, and Wolfolk on the on the court at the same time probably isn't something you can do in the Big Ten. But yeah, we'll see. No, I, I totally agree with you. I think it's it's kind of crazy to even try that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's kind of what everyone's been begging for too because they think that the Twin Towers could still work in today's age of basketball, and it just doesn't. Like, it's not a yeah. thing. Um, yeah, this isn't like – Dunk, this isn't like Tim Robinson and, and David Ro- or Tim Duncan, David Robinson days. Yeah. Two tower, Twin Towers is done. Tim Robinson is not the. Yeah, I think you should leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
yeah, but uh, I can't. I get. I have all those quotes still stuck in my head from that show. Um, but yeah, no, I just I don't see it happening. Like Wolfolk is what he is. You can't have multiple people on the court that can't shoot. That's why I'm like, if Wolfolk yeah. can develop a three point shot, great. But I still don't see him playing next to Cliff like almost ever. Um, I had in my notes that he he had one really nice uh, like fadeaway jumper from like the top of the key at, mm-hmm. at some point before a timeout. Yeah, uh, probably from about 16 feet away, switched mm. it. So that's the thing. And then you see, Ch- and Chol does something similar. Um, I don't yep. really know if Chol's going to play the five either. I think Chol's probably going to mostly man the four. Like it's at yep. six, six nine, six ten ish, maybe two forty. Like he could he play a small ball center? Yeah, maybe versus like the out of conference teams. But I think in conference, I think he's going to play that big man role. Uh, I mean the forward role. Um, and then. It, if you can, it's probably either going to be Hyatt or Chol at the four. I'd probably say Hyatt starts until Mag's back, um, and that's where I think Griff or no, Austin Williams can kind of slide in as well as like a th- the three man, two man type version because Griffiths is a guard. He wants to play guard. He plays like a guard. That's fine, but like his size, he could guard threes too. So it's like, mm-hmm. and Austin Williams can guard threes as well. So you know, a lot of mixing and matching that's going to go on and. Uh, the fact that this team kind of stunk in the first place is why I think Paykel noticed it and was like, yo, let's experiment. Let's have some fun today. Let's, yeah. let's do some crazy stuff and see what works. Because you never know. You really can't know until you experiment with it in an actual game, and this is where these games are very helpful. I know yep. the team and some people in the team are saying that these games are like whatever. It's more about like bonding as a team, as a unit and a family, which is fine. But this game in, in particular is important because you get to also experiment, see what you can do with guys see who's good at what, and then kind of go from there. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, there was recently kind of came out on Twitter. I saw Richard Kent posted it about 20 minutes ago. Uh, you were talking about it beforehand, but the uh, the secret scrimmage opponent has been locked in for uh, this October. You want to kind of delve into that a little bit? Yeah, so there's only one confirmed so far. It's going to be St. John's. Um yeah, I said it before the pod, and it was on our message board, actually. I forget who posted it. Um, New York Post actually started it. That was the first person to post it. Um, they're going to play – St. John's is going to play against Rutgers on the 21st and Pace University in exhibition on the 29th. Okay. I think that's a pretty good matchup, and it kind of gives you – lets you gauge the team because St. John's is, is going to be very good this year, whether you believe it or not. Um, mm-hmm. Rick Pitino is no slouch. I think this game should end up becoming like an actual game going forward. Maybe not this season because it's already filled, but next season, I think you should actually reach out and try to get it going. Um, even put it in the garden, you put it in the garden. I'd, I'd be curious to see how many Rutgers fans compared to St. John's fans show up. I would still argue it'd probably be 60, 40, if not more. Um, Cause I don't really know how many St. John's fans there are to be honest with you, <laughs> but uh, that's yeah. I mean, they, when they're good, they will pack the garden, but mm-hmm. next year, I can't imagine they St. John's having more Rutgers fans at the Garden for no. the, the, the Ace yeah. Bailey class. Well, that that specifically, but who knows? Because Slick Rick's rebuilding with the portal, and that's kind of the new wave. Yeah, hell, he's true. he's getting people from the portal, kicking them out, and then getting more people from the portal. Yeah, that's that was the craziest thing I've seen this off season, um, in terms of hoops yep. at least. Uh, but yeah, no, they're going to play on the twenty first, and. Um, We'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll hopefully have some more details about how it went and what happened. But uh, sometimes those aren't always av- readily available. 
Um, they're also probably not going to give us the details, so we're going to have to go through our own sources and find out what happened. But um, I don't know where it's going to be at, if I had to guess, based on the fact that the New York Post is reporting it and St. John's is reporting it. St. John's beat, beat writers are reporting it. It's probably going to be at St. John's, whether it be at the uh, – I forget the name of their arena. But uh, either uh, that or – Carnesecca. Yeah, Carnesecca, I guess, yeah. would probably be at, if I had to guess. Who knows? But uh, – yeah, the, um, <clears throat> it seems like that's the only one so far. There's rumors that Rutgers is going to try to do an exhibition game that will be for charity again, but nothing set in stone by any means. Um, I know last year, I believe it was Fairfield versus Jay Young and crew. I think proceeds went to, uh, was it to the LeGrand Foundation or something like that? I think so, yeah. <clears throat> I don't remember the exact details, but they're, uh, yeah, they're going to try to do something similar again, but. Nothing is set, and uh, that's that's really it. The offseason's coming to a close. Um, they're going to play one more game, which I believe is later today. Uh, I don't know who it's against, but it is obviously against the Portuguese team once again. And, um, yeah, I think it's in Lisbon, too. I'm, I always forget the towns. I always mix them up. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how they go. And um, just comparing this past game to – uh, it's, it's interesting because Mississippi State also played this Portugal All-Star slash Hoopers club team. Mm-hmm. I think they won in similar fashion. They shot the lights out from three. I think it was 100 to 40 or 80 to 40 or something like that. I forget what it was. Um, and Rutgers kind of did very similar. I think Rutgers scored more but also gave up more. So it's like yep. push comes to shove. It's really nothing. It's the same thing. And uh, it's just this, this Portugal team really can't guard the three-point line whatsoever, it seems like. <laughs> Yeah, these guys just – they don't look like a professional team by any means. Uh, no, the, the competition they're playing is not very strong, so you should expect these kind of blowouts. Um, but, what are you going to do? Yep. Uh, so this upcoming weekend also, we kind of alluded to it, there's a big uh, all-star event at Rucker Park that Ace Bailey and uh, Dylan Harper are going to be playing in. That's this Saturday <laughs> at 4 p.m., the doors open for and games start at five. Yes. I know that there will be a decently sized Rucker fan, Rutgers fan contingent uh, from a few people I've spoken to. Mm-hmm. But have you heard anything else regarding this event? Uh, it's going to be outdoors, so hopefully the weather cooperates. I think it's going to. I, I got to double check real quick, but I believe it's supposed to be pretty nice on Saturday. Maybe a little cloudy, but uh, no, yeah, it's just sunny. 80 Perfect. degrees and sunny, so that should be nice. Um, I don't know if it's going to be live streamed, but if anything, uh, Slam Hoops is very active with their Instagram, so I'd, I'd probably keep an eye out that for that because I'm sure they'll have someone on the sidelines recording. If not, I'm sure you'll see a million reporters tweeting out stuff. Try to get a press pass. Apparently, they were sold out and like not sold out, but not available anymore in like seconds. Wow! Because um, everyone wants to see this. This is Cooper Flag. It's Ace Bailey. Dylan Harper, that's one, two, and three in the 2024 class, along with some other big that's names wild. in, like, Tahad Pettiford. I think it was Ian Jackson, I think his name was. Um, <clears throat> so it's most of, the, like, the top of the top names uh, heading to, to Rucker Park, which is, like, the mecca of basketball for outdoor courts, I would say. Yeah, yep. I think that's fair to say. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be cool. See, I don't know if he's going to do anything in terms of announcement because it it seems like some people are saying that an announcement's imminent others are saying don't expect anything anytime soon so no one really no one really knows what's going on all that we all know is that he's he's leaning towards rockers that's all we know i've been more confident than ever 
I still am very confident in my sources personally, and I've been confident since since May, like <laughs> that he's going mm -hmm. to end up at Rutgers. It's just a matter of time. You've seen several others follow suit, whether it be the Louisville writer, the Duke writer, this writer, that writer. So I don't think anything changes from my perspective. I still think it's going to happen. I think it's still going to happen before senior year. I just don't know when that's going to be. It could be this Saturday at Rucker Park. It could be the month of September before senior basketball starts up again. But I know he wants to get his recruitment done before senior year basketball because he does not want to focus on it. He wants to focus on winning a state title. And fair enough. So. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. <clears throat> now uh, we play some of the other game. Some of the other top names, Jaleel Bethea, who Rutgers recruited at one point. I don't think they're recruiting him very hard anymore. Uh, no. VJ Edgecombe, who's from New York, who's uh, rocketing up rankings. Uh, Ian Jackson, who's a top 10 player, who's also from New York. Dahad Pettiford, who's a five-star from New Jersey. Malik Thomas from the class of 25, who Rutgers is recruiting pretty hard. Um, mm -hmm. He's another five-star the number one recruit in the class of 26 and argue one of the top recruits in the country, AJ DeBansta, who's from Massachusetts. It really is kind of a who's who of the class of 24, 25 and 26. Um, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And most of these guys have been playing with one another, whether it be, I think AJ was also on team USA. Yep. He was also at uh, the CP three camp with uh, Harper um, they also went to the Steph Curry camp, all those guys. So it's like <laughs> the whole thing's just kind of insane. Yeah, um, they've been around each other all summer. It's kind of wild. Yeah, it's it's mostly the same crew too, which is just mm -hmm. I, it's kind. I've never seen something like this. Um, and then there's so many camps now too. Like the Steph Curry camp was I came out of nowhere. The CP3 mm -hmm. camp. I think there's a Dream on Green camp too. Um, yep. Jason Tatum camp is where Ace Bailey was at too. Um, and it's. It's cool. You get to work out with the NBA players and you get to play like five on five against them too. Yeah. So. No, it, was, it was funny watching like Steph try and guard uh, some of the, like they didn't release full tape, but in the highlights, yeah. there was one highlight where uh, he was trying to guard Ace Bailey on a, on a fast break. And <laughs> I'm just going to tell you via, via sources, people didn't believe my tweet because it came out at the wrong time because Bradley Beal got cooked by Cooper flag, but there's there's some people saying that uh he gave uh he gave Steph the business a little bit. I'm just saying. That's wild. That would be something. I mean, mind you, to hell the height difference too. Like so yeah, it's yeah. not the craziest yep. thing in the world, but um yeah, it just you just watch Steph in like warm ups and that in that like little tape and it's just like, dude, what the fuck, man? Like this man just mm -hmm. pulls up from like half court and just nails it every time. Yep. It's kind what of what he does that. is just insane. But, um do you have anything else? Regarding the basketball team before we uh, move on to voicemails? Oh, no. Um, I don't think so. I think that's pretty much it. Like I said, I think the next game is going to be today. Um, there's been some scheduling issues over there, it sounds like. So it sounds like it will be today. I'm not going to guarantee that. But um, wrap it up. I think they go 3-0 and and um, come back home and hopefully get some Dylan news relatively soon. Fingers are crossed. I know there's a lot of people out there who are uh, nervously – awaiting the news to drop and i think i think he's probably dylan's probably you know liking the the suspense getting built back up uh about his recruitment and, and he deserves it he could he should be able to choose when he announces and whenever he wants however he wants to do it to do it that yeah. way um, so we'll just keep waiting uh, we'll have something for you guys as soon as it happens uh but let's uh let's get into the voicemail so we got like i said we got three voicemails from the voicemail line uh, we will post 
we're going to post the, the voicemail line in the, the bio of our social media accounts and also in the, uh, the notes of this podcast, but we wanted to give the, the round table on Rutgers rivals, the first crack at this. So we got three voicemails, uh, since we opened the lineup on Monday, I think, or Tuesday, uh, to Tuesday night, I think it was Tuesday night. So this will be our first crack at actually trying to do this live. So bear with us if we're, uh, we're taking a second here. I, th- I think we got it. I think I got it down to a science. Um, there's a whole like little section over here for like, well, what's in this? A little, a little drum roll. All right. First voicemail. Now, now, can you hear that? I can't hear it. You can't hear that drum roll I just did? No. Damn. Maybe I did do it wrong. Um, oh, why? Share the audio. Hold on. Let's see. Right now. There we go. I can hear it. Ooh, drum roll. <laughs> got, some, got some good stuff. Um, I guess we'll go with uh, we'll go with Skang first. Right. Hey, this is Skang from San Diego calling. If you had to choose which is more likely for Rutgers football this season, would it be three wins or five wins? Okay. Hmm. You want to take this t- first, Rich? It's a tough one. Um, honestly, it's tough because I think my prediction might be right in between. I haven't decided yet what I want to do. I want to wait and see what happens at this scrimmage on Saturday before I'm doing all our final predictions and stuff like that. But uh, I'd say five wins is probably more likely um, because I, you should, should, I'm not saying they're going to, but you should win at least two, if not three of your out-of-conference games. So yep. there's there's three potentially. I think Northwestern should be a win. Again, I, I don't know how this team's going to rally behind or or completely fall apart behind their new interim head coach and everything that's going on over there. Cats against the world, all that nonsense. Um, so that should be four. And then five, Indiana sucks. Like, I, this might yeah. be Tom Allen's final year. Like, if he doesn't pull it together this year, which, mind you, he did get a good quarterback in Connor Basilek out of Missouri. But um, I just don't know if, if he's not winning games this year, not getting to a bowl. I think this Tom Allen might just be shit canned, and that would be, that'd be five right there. So... I'm going to say five is the safer option right now compared to three, but I think either scenario is very possible. I also think that five wins is more likely. That's actually my prediction for the season is five and seven. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my wins are Northwest. My wins are the same ones you you outlined. Northwestern, Virginia Tech, Temple, Wagner, Indiana. I think the three candidates for an upset in terms of like a true upset would be Michigan State, Iowa on the road, and Maryland. I think Maryland's probably the least likely of those three, believe it or not. I think Maryland's get, yeah. kind of getting slept on a bit. Um, Agreed. It, there's, Fully agree. there's a lot to be said for you know having a – what is Talia at this point, a fifth-year starter? Yes, technically. Yeah, so he's in his third year in, in Loxley's system. Is a fifth year. Yeah, so I, I, he's just really tough to beat. You saw what he did last year even when he lost like – his top two receivers, he was still carving people up. Yeah. Um, so they'll be tough to beat. Uh, so five wins is my most more likely out of the two scenarios. Uh, they also added well. some nice pieces at wide receiver. Like everyone talks about Rakeem Jarrett leaving, and uh, I forget the other kid's name, Deshaun Jones, who I think is actually still there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they added Tyrese Chambers, who I thought was a stud out of oh, high school. Oh, yeah, stud via from the FIU. Yeah, Caden Prather from West Virginia, another four-star, former four-star <laughs> transfer. Like they added a lot of weapons, so – it's kind of make or break for the Terps this year. Um, I say that with like a side eye because I don't think Loxley's going anywhere. 
but mm-hmm. it's kind of like take that next step with your your top tier quarterback that just turned down 1.5 or don't so yep we'll see it's the last game of the season too so that's where it could get a little fishy you've seen teams you've seen Rutgers last year for example go into that game and just just not give a shit whatsoever so if they're stumbling yep. throughout the year they might just go into that game and be like it's Rutgers we don't give a shit like we're done yeah yep. and there's there's win number five or when maybe even win number six um sure. yeah so got uh two more voicemails we got Rutgers Al and Steve Janowski um I listened to both of these beforehand. I probably, I, I have, we have to just to preface this. You have to listen to them beforehand because yep. it's, so I don't know. You want to go with the funny one or the, the serious one? Uh, and you, you would think Rutgers, Rutgers out would be the funny one. And it's not. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go with the funny one first. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Hey, Richie. It's me, Stevie. God. Stevie Janowski. We went to high school together. Anyways, Rutgers football. Over under five and a half wins. I'll hang up a listen. Bye, Richie. Oh man, my old, my uh, old high school pal. <laughs> <laughs> well, we kind of just talked about this in our last uh, voicemail. Yeah. My prediction for the season is five and seven, so I'm going to go under. But there is a shot at them going over five and a half. We kind of outlined what that is, but I'm yeah. assuming you're on the same boat. Uh, to an extent, uh, right now, like I said before, mind you, I'm, I might change it after I see this scrimmage, but, uh, I have them at four wins right now. I think that's, that's the case. I think West or not West Virginia, geez, Virginia tech is going to be a lot harder than people think they're not as bad of a team that people are like count. They're counting this as a win way too early. In my opinion, we yep. need to see what they do against Northwestern. We need to see what they do against temple. Temple gave them a scare last year. Yeah. And that's when they were pretty healthy for the most part. Yep. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, right now I have four could change to five. I don't see it going past five, to be honest. I think that's, that's probably your max. And that's kind of what the B, uh, big 10 network said too. Um, you yep. saw Jerry Donardo say, he's like, there's five. What, what do you call him? He's called him something weird. There are five matchup games. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's just, just say there's five winnable games. Like, I don't know why you gotta yeah. make it so difficult, put new phrases and different sayings, like whatever. But, uh, yeah, he. Um, that, that's what I think. Uh, my old high school pal Stevie <laughs> did not right. go to high school with him. It's just yeah, it's, it's a it's yeah, it's a clear. eastbound and down thing. If anyone's seen go. that, the Kenny Power show. I haven't seen that forever. Actually, wow, that's a it's a great show. Mind blowing. New seasons coming out soon too. Are they? Ooh, mm-hmm. I have to keep an eye out for that. Um, all right, and we got one third and final one from Rucker's Al. So uh, I think he's got multiple questions. He I does. He's got them. five questions in here. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Hi, Richie and Mike. This is Rutgers Al speaking. Three questions. Three, okay. First question okay. is, oh, okay. yeah. do we have a wide receiver number one? Second question is, how is Sam Brown doing in camp? And is he ready to be RB1? Third question is, how are Dante Chin and Taj White looking? And are they ready to step in at some point, either this season or next? Thanks for everything you do, guys. All right. So three questions there from Rutgers Al. Thanks again to everybody who submitted a voicemail. Also, want to throw that out there. Does Rutgers have a wide receiver one, Richie? Go. Yes or no? No. Okay. No. Simple answer I, there. I think that's that's I think that's fair. I can't really say much for what seems in practice. I don't think there's one stepping out above the others. Um I 
projected probably Jaquay Jackson to be that person. I don't know if he's there yet, um, but we'll wait and see. Um, We've talked to Seattle twice so far this training camp. Each time he said the wide receivers have had issues catching the ball. I don't think that's a secret. I think it's pretty well known. And, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. His next question was about Sam Brown, um, how he's looking at camp and if you think he'll be uh, 100% this year. I think, was that, was that his question? Uh, it was if Sam Brown will be running back one. Is he ready to be running back one, and how's he looking camp? Obviously, we can't tell you about what's seen in camp because rules and regulations, whatever you want to call it. Um Will he be running back one? I think as long as he's healthy, he's running back one. I don't think there's a question there. Um, it's not it's not a simple injury to bounce back from, but we'll we'll wait and see what happens there. Um, that's that's really all we can say based on um, camp because, like I said, we can, my I have one hand tied behind my back as as I say everything about football. So, yep. um, his last question was about Dante Chin and Taj White if they look like they're ready to contribute this year. I thought he said, did he say next year? I thought he said next year. Oh, maybe it was next year. Right, hold on, I can play it from like that part. I think again. Be ready to step in at some point, either this season or okay. next. Yeah, next season. Thanks next. for everything you do, guys. So this season, I'd be shocked if either of them played, um, because I think we said it last pod. The battle. Well, number one, Holland Pierce isn't going anywhere. Yep. Um, number two, the battle on the other side is Needham and uh, Missouri. Missouri, yeah. and both those two guys you just named and Chin and uh, White are tackles, and neither of them's pushing for starting spot. Do I think Taj White could be on the two deep, or Chante Ching could be on the two deep? Yeah, I think that's very possible. Also, found out the other day we might not get a two deep, which, woohoo! Awesome. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, so usually a two deep is I found out is usually trade is used to be traded between teams. Just I don't know why they do it, but they just trade two deeps and depth charts. And it sounds like Northwestern's not going to give up one, which they're not giving any media access whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I think they got two open practices so far. And from based on what I was told from our Northwestern guy is like, it's basically like the Chris Ash practices. It's like, yeah, we watched stretching and then we got kicked out. Jeez. And then it's like, and they managed to snag some photos, obviously in the first one. And that's how that cats versus the world t-shirt went a little viral. <laughs> and everyone's like, Oh Jesus Christ. It says like Pat Fitzgerald's number. Oh my God. What are, what are we going to do? Like, oh, gee, Oh, this is insane. Like, <laughs> People are rallying behind it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. If it is true, it's pretty fucking bad. That's an ugly look. Yeah. But if it's not, then well, whatever. But regardless, um, I don't know if either of those two are going to be ready for this year. Next year, I think – does Holland Pierce have another year technically? I yeah. think he yep. does. De- if Depending on how good he is this season, I think that's the big question mark. I don't think he leaves. Pro- he could leave. I- it actually really depends. Holland Pierce leaves, and I think Taj White might have to step up. If Holland Pierce doesn't leave, then and if Needham and Missouri are still here, and they're, as long as they're serviceable this season, I, I don't think either of them will play next year. I think that's fair. I think you get another year of development out of those guys, which is like, what, year three at this point? Yeah. Yep. So it's not crazy. I know everyone wants to see this offensive line group so bad. But you have to also – you have to work on them. You have to develop them. Like, And also, like I think out of the seven linemen, one's, one's already medically retired. Another one got a serious injury this offseason. And uh, the, other, the other two, like those two you just named, are making some noise. But they're not making enough noise to be contributors at this point, in my opinion. So we'll just kind of wait and see what happens there. 
But yeah. Uh, so thanks for everyone sending in those voicemails. Uh, hope to get a few more. Maybe if we get a ton, we might have to make it a weekly segment. But if not, we could just answer Ooh. these at the end. Um, in terms of uh, programming in the future, we do have a special return guest coming next week at some point. Mm-hmm. We're also setting up a writer from Northwestern to come talk about the Wildcats and preview the game. Uh, that'll come out game week. But uh, otherwise, thanks to everybody who listens and subscribes, rates and reviews. Congrats to the women's soccer team who got their opening day win last night, 2-0 over Holy Cross. Had some live um, coverage of it too. He did. He did. Um, but for me and Richie, this has been another edition of the Night Report Podcast. Signing off. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.